Happy New Year. Everybody smile. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I know, I know it's a cliche, but it is actually factual. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. It's the first Sunday of the rest of your life. So let's make a decision today to do the rest of our life different than the past. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's all stand up. Let's go stand to our feet. We want to welcome all our campuses and all the people watching online, all the people in prison. Let's give all those people out there a big hand, all the people in the military. God bless y'all. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. Welcome to the Rock Church. And uh, we are just ending our 18th year of existence. We started in February 2000. So February will be 19 years. Um, we want to welcome everybody. This year we're going to read through the Bible. Uh, we're going to teach through the Bible. We're going to give you information for your small groups uh, in, uh, based on the same reading. We're going to give you information on your D groups, which we're going to talk about today, your discipleship groups on the same reading. And so whenever you see people around, let's talk about what we're reading about. Amen. Amen. I was reading about Isaac today and um, uh, Jacob today. And so uh, let's, let's read through the Bible. How many of you all have never read through the Bible before? Raise your hand. Amen. Guess what? Let's start. You're like, well, I'm already six days behind. Well, let's get to it then. Let's go. <laughs> let's start. It's only six days. It's only six days. We'll spend an hour later on and just get, catch, get caught up. Um, you can get the information on our website. It's in your lesson plan, how to get the reading plan. I want to say hello to everybody out there. Um, we're going to memorize uh, one verse or, or passage every month in here. Uh, so we just do it every, every week for a month. And so today is Genesis 126 and 27. So let's put it up on the screen. And if you're sitting there going, man, that's a lot of stuff. Well, we got, got a whole month to memorize it. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Then God said... Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. If you are married to uh, all you ladies, your husbands, are those creeps that creep on the ground. <laughs> Just a little jokey joke. Just a little jokey joke. Just kind of get you started, get you engaged. Verse 27, 3, 1, 2, 3. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. All of y'all, I'm sorry, all of y'all male and female created in God's image. No more, no less. Can I get amen? amen. Turn, to the person, turn to the person next to you and say, you are created in the image of the almighty God. You may be seated. You may be seated. Before we, uh, before we pray, tomorrow we start our 21-day fast. How many of y'all are going to do the fast with us? Raise your hand. Oh, fabulous, fabulous. Uh, if you don't know anything about the fast, you can go text five, DISCIPLE to 52525. It's in your bulletin, in your lesson plan. And you can get the information on the fast. It's 21 days. You can do whatever kind of fast you want. Uh, preferably it's something you're ingesting. In other words, don't consider fasting gossip the fast. Um, if you ever have never fasted food, uh, there's a process to it. You want to be very careful. Um, uh, usually what I do is I do a week of preparation, which I just do fruits and vegetables, stuff to clean out. And then the middle week is juice and water. And two or three days in the very middle of water only, and maybe go more or less. And then ease back into it again. But there's a lot of different ways to do it. The, the key is that you're giving up some kind of food or whatever so you can focus more on God. If you've never done a fast before, you may be wondering, what does eating have to do with being spiritual? 
when you stop eating, you will find out. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's like when people have a baby, oh, what's the big, you know, you ever hear some people have a baby and they say you're never going to have love like when you have a baby. And you're like, I don't get it. Well, when you have a baby, you'll know. There's no other way of saying it. Um, and so I want to encourage you that you get information about the fast. And then uh, today we're going to talk about discipleship. And it will be very clear that that's where we're going for the, this new year. My prayer, which I'm going to do here in a minute, is that God will give you a desire to be a disciple. Amen? Amen. And there's a difference between being a Christian and a disciple. So we're going to talk about that. Let's get on our knees. Come on. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I got to get some lotion for my knees. <laughs> Does he know this is concrete? Yep, I do. This is concrete too right here. This is concrete. So I won't be down here long. Lord Jesus, thank you. Speak to our hearts. Challenge us. 2018 is gone. It'll never come back. It'll never come back. 2019 is fresh. Amen. We dedicate this year to you. We want to be disciples. Everyone say disciples. disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give the person next to you a big hug, high five or something. I brought out the big guns right here. Look at that. Look at that. That's a Bible right there. This is, this is like five Bibles in one. Let's lift your Bibles up on the count of three. Say word. That's going to be my deathbed prayer. Please. On the count of nurse. On the count of three. Say word. One, two, three. Say word. Turn to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis. Genesis 32. Genesis. I was on a conference call about two months ago, and our team was talking to a pastor. Actually, a pastor was talking to us about discipleship. And he asked a very powerful question that has been ringing in my head. He said, to me, to us, to me, what kind of church do you want to have in 10, 15 years? And I said, I want to have a vibrant, living, growing church where people are growing in their faith, they're growing in discipleship, they're exercising their gifts in the community, they're impacting the community, miracles are happening, more and more people are coming. And then he said to me, what if you only had three years left as being pastor? What would you do in three years to make sure in 15 years that's happening. Now, I have no plans of leaving in three years. This is just a question he asked me. I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I definitely don't have a three-year plan to leave. Uh, but it was a very interesting question because this was Jesus' dilemma. Jesus had three years of ministry, and he had to do something to make sure that after he died, resurrected, and went to heaven, Christianity would spread to the world. So what did he do? He built this gigantic church. Let me say, he built this gigantic building with all these seats and had services every week. 
No. He made disciples. He had 12. One betrayed him. Why would Jesus pick somebody that would betray him? Just to let you know there's always going to be someone close to you to betray you. He had 11 left that were faithful, but three he spent most of his time with. 90% of his time was with the 11 and the three. He said you can make disciples. Now, this conversation I was having with this pastor was a month or two after I was laying in bed one day and God said, September-ish, I want you, he didn't even say I want you, he just said, make disciples. Very clearly. I said, well, God, there's disciples being made. I said, no, 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 I'm telling you, make disciples. So I started going to search of what that means in our context. Because it wasn't, he wasn't just speaking to me. He was speaking to me for us. Because I put you, appointed you as pastor of the church. I want you to make disciples. So we've been going on this journey to put together a system to facilitate the discipleship of all of you. That you will become a disciple who makes disciples. And so we're going to start this series today. It's going to end on when we die. <laughs> but this initial series is going to culminate on Easter three months from now. April 21st, I think it is. So my prayer is that God will prepare your heart to receive what he has for you. How many of you believe in your heart that if you had somebody in your life who could hold you accountable to reading the Bible, you would read the Bible better? Okay. And by the way, if you're new, when we raise our hand, we just put our elbow above our ear just so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> How many of you believe that if you pray more faithfully, God would bless your life, your, your marriage, your business, your relationships? Can I get amen? Amen. How many of you believe that if you had someone in your life that you trusted that you could share some of your junk with that would keep it confidential? You would have more of a pure relationship with God and with people around you and be able to walk with God more faithfully. Can I get an amen? amen? This is discipleship. And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. We're going to introduce the concept of discipleship, what it's about. And so we're going to talk, talk about Genesis. Now, understand this. We're reading through the Bible. So let me tell you what that means. Is that as part of our discipleship, we're all going to read through the Bible. We're on uh, 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 January 6th, so we've been reading for six days. If you don't have the plan, just text disciple to 52525. The 2019 plan is different than the 2018 plan, so get this plan. If you're behind, just get caught up. And if it's too much for you, just start today. Just let's go. We are going to teach every week based on what you're going to read. So what you're going to hear today, you're going to read in a few days. Our R groups, we're going to talk about, is going to get information based on the reading. Our D groups, which we're going to talk about today, are going to get information on the reading. We're also going to have information you can work with your kids and the youth. We're all going to be on the same page. So if you see me in the mall, ask me about the memory verse. Ask me about the reading. And I'm going to ask you. So let's hold each other in loving, encouraging, accountability to going through the Bible, learning God's word, walking with God's word. What are you learning? What am I learning? Let's share with each other and encourage each other. Is this making sense to you? So this is, this is what we've been working on as a staff and our prayer is that we can all do this together and we can all grow together and the spirit of God will start flowing through us and speaking to us about the same thing as we can hear it over and over and over again. Now, let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Here's the deal. There are 66 books in the Bible. How many books in the Bible? This is all part of discipleship. You need to know this. How many books in the Bible? How many books in the Bible? The more you repeat what I ask, the more we participate, the more you're going to learn. You will learn more when you say and do versus when you watch or hear. How many books in the Bible? There are two parts of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. How many parts of the Bible? The first part is the? Second part is the? 
the Old Testament sets up the New Testament. They go together. The Old Testament sets up the New Testament. They go together. The Old Testament does what to the New Testament? They go to? They go to? Just say together. I say to, you say together. The Old Testament goes to? With the New Testament. Very good. How many books in the Bible? First book is the book of Genesis. Genesis means the book of beginning. God put it in the beginning. Matter of fact, what God started in Genesis 1 and 2, he will, which is the first two chapters, he will finish in Genesis, Revelation chapter 21 and 22. They go together. The first two chapters and the last two chapters. And everything else in between is a story of salvation. It's pretty cool. How many books in the Bible? Uh, three of the patriarchs in the Bible are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everyone say Abraham. Abraham. Say Isaac. Isaac. Say Jacob. Jacob. Abraham Say Abraham. Abraham. He had a son named Isaac. Isaac, and he had a son named Isaac had twins, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the older. Jacob tricked his father to give him the blessing that was due Esau. He robbed his brother of a blessing. Esau said, I'm going to kill you (laughs) for robbing me of my blessing. So their mother said, yeah, I, uh, Jacob, you need to run because your brother going to kill you. Why don't you just go to my brother, Laban, and you hang out over there until he cools down. He does. Long story short, Jacob says, I want to go see my brother. So he sends his messenger, says, tell my brother Esau I'm coming. His messenger comes back and says, I saw your brother Esau who said he was going to kill you back in the day. He's coming to see you and he has 400 soldiers with him. <laughs> Abraham had a son named what? Isaac had a son named what? Very good. Say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Jacob had a twin brother named Esau, his older brother. He robbed his birthright and blessing. Esau said, I'm going to kill you. uh, Jacob goes and hides. And now he says, I want to make up with my brother. He sends his message to his brother Esau. Esau sends messages back. says, I'm coming to see you. I got 400 soldiers. So Jacob gets scared. Jacob starts sending gifts to his brother Esau as they're traveling to each other. He sends them camels. Hopefully that will make them happy. He sends them donkeys, hopefully that will make them happy. He sends them sheep, hopefully that will make them happy. He sends them uh, 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 cattle, hopefully that will make them happy. And all of a sudden, Jacob is all by himself. And then we read this story. In this story, we're going to read Jacob wrestling with an angel. The question is, what is a disciple? And what has Jacob got to do with being a disciple? Let's read the story. says, verse 24, Jacob was left alone and a man, Genesis 32, 24, a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. All night long he's wrestling with this man, capital M, angel, symbolic of him praying and wrestling with God. And when he saw that he did not prevail against the man, he touched his socket of his hip, the man, And Jacob's hip was at a joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the daybreaks. The man said to Jacob, let me go to the daybreaks. And he said, I will not let you go till you bless me. Everyone say, say God. God. I will not let you go till you bless me. You know, God would be so excited if you had that passion for him. God would be so excited if you said, God, I'm not letting you go, ever. You are not optional in my life. 
I can't go a day without talking to you, hearing your voice, sensing your presence. I can't go into a meeting without knowing you're with me. Then he says, he said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer become Jacob, but Israel. This is where Israel came from. He changed his name to Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob said, tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed them there. In verse 30, Jacob called the name Peniel for, he said, I have seen the face of God face to face and my life is preserved. And then Jacob crossed over Peniel, uh, over the Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. So here's the thing, real, real simple. Jacob sends all his resources, his wives, his kids, his, his camels, his wealth to his brother to appease his brother because he's scared of his brother. And he's left all by himself and he's playing, God, please bless me, God bless me. And, he, and, and God says, what's your name? He says, my name is Jacob. And he said, and he, and he said no, 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 I, I'm not going to call you something else. And he touches the hip and for the rest of his life he walks like this. You ever see someone walking like that? You just say, hey, you know where that came from? That's, God must have touched your hip, brother. <laughs> my, my understanding of a disciple was somebody who sat in a class and was taught by somebody information. I got saved in 1984, committed my life for once and for all in 1984. And... I was discipled by a guy, it was four of us. We met every Tuesday, which was our day off, and we met for three hours. When I first got saved, I was going around the locker room, all the teammates saying, hey, what, can you teach me this? What does the Bible mean about this? What, what does this mean in the Bible? And a friend of mine who was a Christian said, you need to be discipled. I said, what is that? And he said, you need someone to help, help teach you these things and help you understand these things. And I said, well, will you do it? And he said, no. I said, what kind of Christian are you? Think about that. He was a believer. He said, no. He wasn't ready to help me. And not that I was something special, but um, another believer. He, no. And we saw each other every day. He said, you need to go ask him. So I went to that guy and said, will you disciple me? He said, well, I'll pay, pray about it, brother. Which is a Christian way of saying, I'll think about it. He could say no. Here I was trying to learn how to grow, how to learn what the Bible says. Anyway, make a long story short, that guy did it. We met every Tuesday, me, him, and two other people, four of us total, for three hours every Tuesday. We also had a meeting on Wednesday where all the wives and girlfriends and other guy, teammates came. We had 30-something people every Wednesday. So we met twice a week. One of the big group, which is what we call our groups, and then a small group, which is what we're going to call D groups. And that was what my understanding was, is I got information and then I would do things that God wanted me to do. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. You should read the Bible. Please read the Bible. Please read the Bible every day. You should pray. Even if you don't understand the Bible, you're not going to understand. I don't understand everything. That's why you have books. That's why he said, well, I'll just study that one later. That's fine. There's so much to learn. There's layers. But just read it because the word, the word of God is living and active. It's going to speak to you. It's going to change your heart. Then, and so, so we would read and then we would pray and then we would go to church and then we would serve and then we would share our faith on, in, the, in the locker room. We'd be in the locker room and, and I don't know if you know the stadium here in San Diego, uh, the lock, charge of the locker room was in the basement of the stadium. And we had to take the elevator up 
to get to the ground level and go to practice. So every day we were in the elevator. So I want you to imagine 20 guys, grown men in the elevator, jam-packed shoulder to shoulder, actually. And we would jump in the elevator because they were guys that were scared. So we would kind of jump. And, you know, it was just that kind of kind of deal. And grown men would be like, oh, oh, stop. And we'd be in the elevator. And the guy who discipled me, his name was Sherman, he would say, Brother Miles. I was like, what? What's your memory verse? I was like, you got to ask me that now in front of all these people? <laughs> and he would say to me, are you ashamed of the gospel, my brother? So that was my discipleship. So I started thinking about, okay, God, you want to make disciples. He says, but I want to add something to that. If you look in your notes, there's a little triangle. Triangle says to the top left, thoughts. Top right, actions. Say amen if you see that triangle. Often we think I'm going to get information in my head and then I'm going to do that information. And we focus on the transference of information and skill and ability. And even when you come here, you're like, okay, God, give me information. And then we have thoughts. And God said to me, I don't want you to throw it out. That's so important. But what I want you to focus on, this is me and God talking, is the bottom, is the heart, the motivation behind getting that information, the motivation behind worship. In other words, we ask you to worship and come forward in all the campuses and raise your hands and you're like, okay, but why? We ask you to read your Bible, but why? We ask you to give, but why? It's something that we want you to do because you want to do it. You have a passion to do it. And I want you to read this definition of discipleship that the Lord gave us. It's in your, in your lesson plan. Look what it says. We call it a do something disciple. Everyone say do something disciple. It says a person with a disciplined pursuit of the heart of God. I'm going to read again. A person... With a disciplined pursuit of the heart of God. It's on the screen as well. A person, a heart being perfected in love for God and people. Lord, I want, I want you to imagine saying this to God every day. Lord, give me your heart. Give me your desire. Give me your passion. Give me your affections. All the ladies in the house say, hey. Have you ever said... All the ladies in the house say, hey. hey. Have you ever said to a guy, I love you, or asked him, do you love, does he love you? And he went, yeah, I love you. And you're like, eh. <laughs> Same minute, sometimes that's happened to you, and it wasn't right. It wasn't right. Do y'all know what I'm talking about, ladies? You can say the words, but this is not here. So when we talk about a disciple here, a do-something disciple, someone who has a disciplined pursuit of God's heart, his passion, his desires, his motivation. Imagine every day you say, God, give me your heart for lost people. I want my heart to break for them like your heart. As you fast, Lord, give me your heart for the people I don't get along with. 
I got, uh, give me your heart, please. Give me your heart for the word. I want to know why this is valuable because you wrote it. Give me that passion. Give me a heart for worship when I come to church that to me is not just words. Every day my wife and I, um, when either one of us leave the house or come into the house, we give each other a kiss. Every night before we go to bed, we give each other a kiss. Every night. Even if we're mad, it's like, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes things ain't, ain't right uh, uh, up in paradise. You'd be like, mm. <laughs> and, and listen, we, we want to keep that, that thing. And, 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 and you always know. And what happens at those times? Sometimes I was like, okay, come, let's just hug. Let's just, we don't say anything. Let's just hug because, okay, 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 okay. Because it's about here. It's not about the act. It's about the heart. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Our desire is to put you in a situation where you have the heart of the Father. Let's read this one more time. It says, a disciple is a person with a disciplined pursuit. Everyone say pursuit of the heart of the Father. Everyone say this out loud. Say, dear Father, give me your heart. Okay, let's fill these thing, three blanks in. It says, number one, like Jacob, don't let go of your pursuit of the heart of God. My encouragement to you this year is that you will not give up your pursuit of the heart of God. Now, will that encourage you to pray more? Yeah. Will that encourage you to read the Bible and be guided by the Word of God? Yes. Will it encourage you to worship and maybe for the first time ever do this and even come down at the stage and all the campuses? Yes. Will it encourage you to give faithfully and be more generous? Yes. Will it encourage you to share your faith and see hurting people and say, maybe I can go pray for them? Yes. Will it encourage you to say sorry when you're wrong? Yes. But you're going to do it because God is challenging your heart. He's giving you a passion to do it. Because you and him are on the same spiritual, emotional page. So number two, don't let go of your passion. Just like Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. He says, listen, I'm going to bless you. But I'm going to give you my blessing, not yours. I'm going to give you what I want you to have, not what you want. And a matter of fact, I'm going to give you the desire to want what I want to give you. That's what happens when you pray. God gives you the desire to pray for what he wants you to have. So therefore, a higher percentage of your prayers get answered because you're praying what he wants you to have. And if you ask what God wants you to have, he's going to give it to you. You can't ever not get what God wants you to have if you ask him, you ask him for it the right way. And then it says number two, change the, your title from Christian to disciple. Oh, I'm a Christian. What does that mean to you? Well, I just pray to pray. Matthew 28, 19. It's a verse in the Bible somewhere. I can't remember what it says. Can someone tell me what it says, Matthew 28, 19? It says go what? Uh, come on now, church. Go what? Mumbo jumbo. That's pretty good. <laughs> Let's say it on, one, on three. One, two, three. Go therefore. Fabulous. Go therefore and make disciples. Come on, give yourself a hand. Come on, give yourself a hand. Go therefore and make disciples. He didn't say, go therefore, oh, by the way, our, our mission is save, equip, send. Save is just step one. The equip is discipleship and the send is all part of it and then people get saved again. 
Change your name. Go home and look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a disciple. (laughs) 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 Number three. Number three. Allow God to change the way you walk, your lifestyle. Stop walking like this. Is this how you walk? No offense, no offense. It's just a metaphor. It's just a metaphor. Start walking like this. No offense, no offense. Just a metaphor. Just a metaphor. Put a little more rhythm in it. Lord, Holy Spirit. Just, I'm not saying this is more spiritual. I'm just saying it's more rhythmic. I'm just saying. Just a metaphor. Just a metaphor. Don't get tripping. Turn to the back of your notes. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Our group, D group. We have our groups. They're called small groups. Some churches call it. We just call them all small groups. And you're going to see on the screen the difference between an R group and a D group. We encourage you all to do both. How do you do both? Change your schedule. I have, I'm getting an R group and a D group. Okay? Is it going to require more time? Yeah. Are the benefits going to be, whoa, yeah. Okay, let's look at uh, what these are. An R group is open to anyone. It's, it's like a home group, 5, 10, 20, 30 people. Okay, a D group, which is a discipleship group, is closed to only believers and by invite. In other words, hey, me, you, me, you. And, and once we get our group, you can always invite people, but it's more of a high accountability, high confidentiality. We're going to be committed to each other. Okay. Our group is three to, five, three to, three to 12 or more. D group is three to five. Uh, three to five, very small. Our group is co-ed. D group is gender specific. Few of us guys are going to talk about guy things. And we're going to only keep this information here. Few of us girls are going to talk about girl things and, of course, the Bible. But it's like, hey, what are you struggling with? Okay, we're going to ask questions. What are you struggling with? How can I pray for you? What's God speaking to you? Is there any sin in your life you want to confess that we can, we can deal with? But it's private. Next screen. Our group, to ensure everyone has an opportunity to grow in Christ and equips people to mature in their faith, D group. Pretty much same thing, but we want to teach people to be self-feeding believers that reproduce themselves in somebody else. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, uh, time, time in it, 30, 30, 60, 30 to 90 minutes, 30 to 90 minutes, except the D group lasts one year. The R group can go on forever. The D group is one year. In other words, I have three to five people. Me, I'm going to have two other guys, three other guys maybe, and we're going to meet for one year. One year, once a week, every other week, however you can do it. Next screen. Uh, the R group is flexible and expectations of members, people come and go. The D group is a high expectation that the participants hold up a covenant of commitments of consistency and accountability. In other words, we're going to commit to each other in the D group, three to five people total, and we're going to commit to each other for this one year. We're going to challenge each other as deep as we will allow ourselves to be challenged. Because we all know there's surface. We come to church, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and it's surfacy. Oh, hey, praise the Lord, how you doing? Hey, hey, God bless you. Hey, hey, wasn't the sermon great? And then we don't come back for a month, we're out there, you know, robbing banks and stuff. <laughs> well, where do you confess that you robbed the bank? In your D group. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm having an issue with banks. I, I don't understand the, the, the deposit slip. I just got to take the money. <laughs> Can you pray for me? 
So that's when that happens. You're not going to be in the, in the general public, in the R groups. Hey, 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 you with your wife sitting there. Hey, I'm dealing with pornography. Can anybody help a brother out? Right? You know, I lost for blondes and there's five blondes in the room. You don't want to do that, okay? That's the D group. I'm not confessing anything to you. I'm just doing hypothetical. Guess what I heard? <laughs> Leadership. One or two people to nurture spiritual growth. One leader who helps participate the growth in spiritual maturity and prepares uh, to lead future groups. By the way, um, in the D group, you are not required to be a Bible scholar. We are going to give you the questions to ask. We'll share those with you and here on Sunday. But the questions like, it has to do with your heart. What are you learning from the reading? What is God speaking to you? Is there any sin in your life you're struggling with? Is there anything we can pray for? Is there anybody you're sharing your faith with? Imagine someone asking you that every week. Who are you sharing your faith with? Nobody. Next week. Nobody. Next week. Nobody. Dude. Well, I don't know how. Okay, let's talk about that. Are you following? Can you imagine if all of y'all were praying for somebody that you were going to share your faith with? you imagine what that would, power that would be? Can you imagine if you came to church before the first song because your heart was passionate to worship because it was the Father's heart? That's what we're talking about. Next screen. Uh, DR groups designed to grow and multiply biblical community. D groups designed to replicate disciple makers. Here's the cool thing about it. Me and my guys, one year, and after that one year with my two or three guys, they all got to go out and get two or three guys. So every week we're going to be saying, who are you praying about to disciple? And in that year you're going to grow in your understanding of the word, grow in your understanding of having the Father's heart, and then you're going to go out and get two other people. Imagine if all of y'all were in our group, and then out of that R group you met people you could put in your D group, or you just knew somebody that you wanted to be in your D group. And you said, listen, can we do accountability together? And imagine if all y'all just went out and got two or three people. And then you went out after a year and then y'all got two or three people. <laughs> Do you know that in 13 years, if one person did that with three people, watch this. In 13 years, if one person did that with, with three people, if one person did that with, th with three people, if I had three people and we all went and got in three and they all went out and got in three, they all went and got in three, in 13 years we would have all of San Diego, just as one person. That's how, that's how, are y'all following what I'm saying? So when Jesus said, I'll make disciples, he said, that's what's going to happen. He knew math. And by the way, if you, if, you're, if you don't like math, hey, Jesus was a math guy. This is exponential growth. And I know that made, that's an 11th grade word you probably forgot right as soon as 11th grade ended. So what does that mean? Let me end with this. My challenge to you is a text. Disciple to 5255. Get any information about the Bible reading, the fast, and D group, R groups. If, you, if you're not in an R group, you could join one. If you're not in a D group, start thinking about two or three people that you can be in an accountability group, that you could find them in your R group, or you just know them. And say, Lord, you said to make disciples. I want your heart. I want to be in an accountability relationship where your heart is transferred into me so I can walk with you. Now, some of you said, I, I didn't need Jesus as my Savior. Great start. 
We're going to pray for you. Because step number one is I got to get in the game and ask Christ to be my Savior. There are also some of you in here, you've been a Christian a long time, but not a disciple. And that's been okay for you. But your life isn't that much different than anybody else. Some of you. And God says, you know what, I want to imagine if not only how much more blessed your life can be, your marriage, your business, your relationships, your worship, but imagine what good I can do in someone else's life if that guy never discipled me. If that guy never discipled me, I would not be here. And he, was a, he was a teammate. He was three, four years older than me. He wasn't a pastor. And he put work in, in my life. Thank God that guy said yes to me. There's people in your life that need what you have. And I want to challenge you to say, Lord, I want to, I want to be a discipler and a disciple. So we're going to ask, we're going to pray in a minute. And this prayer is for all of you to say, Lord, I'm ready to take the next step. So all of you, bow your heads and close your eyes on all the campuses. Lord, If we all just did a little bit, if we all just obeyed you, my prayer is that people would make decisions to text five two, to text the word disciple, the 52525, five, it's in their bulletin, and say, I want to get in the R group, I want to get in the D group, I need to change my life, I need to read the Bible. This year can be so amazing. Today is a fork in the road. I can go left and everything will be the same. Or I can go right and everything can be so much better. If you would like to surrender 2019 to the Lord, for some of you that's salvation. For some of you that's just a refreshed, renewed commitment. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, like Jacob, I need you. I surrender my life to you. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sin. I surrender my life to you. I surrender 2019 to you. I want to walk more faithfully. Forgive me. Accept me. As the eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And as you stand, you are walking away from 2018. Walking into a new reality for your life. So if you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you.